It's so good to see each and every one of you this morning. If I don't know you, my name is Pastor Lindsay, and I'm an assistant pastor here at New Life Church, and I'm excited to bring the word today. Um, I'm also excited to see, hey, Jeremy. Hi, Miss Sylvia. Sorry. I haven't seen them in a long time. Jeremy moved off to Nashville, and it's just good to see him. <laughs> we can do that. Well, listen, I want to give you a quick update. This past Wednesday, um, our church, along with um, six other churches, hosted an event at Union University for students here in Jackson. Um, Wednesday is the national, what's past Wednesday was national See You at the Pole Day across our country and even in other countries in the world, which encourages kids, it's a movement that's been going on for a very long time, to encourage kids to set aside a day where they gather before school and pray for their schools, for their friends, for their country their community, for the world, for the persecuted church. And so that happened on Wednesday. And Wednesday night, a group of us got together and had a service at Union University. And here's what I want to say. When we were setting up for this service, and and my joke about this um, service is the three of us that really were kind of um, putting it together, my joke, you know, you've heard those jokes of three people, three different people walk into a place. And ours was a Baptist, a non-denominational, and a guy on a journey walk into a Chick-fil-A Um, because that's kind of how it planned. My good friend Josh Ward, who is the youth pastor at West Jackson Baptist Church, my good friend Chuck Van Hook, who is the youth pastor at Journey Church, and myself, we just decided we wanted to keep this momentum going, and we kind of brought some other groups of people together, Northside Church, Hope Center, um, Soul Quest Church, all these groups came together. And when we were setting up on Wednesday, we had no idea how many people would be there. And we literally sat in the back of Union's Chapel, and we said, Lord, if there's 50, if there's 500, we just pray that you would do what you would do. And we pray that souls and lives would be changed. So you put that up there for me, Kaylee. We had, um, we had 328 students show up, 38 Decisions for Christ, 50 volunteers, seven churches, and one amazing night. Um, And I I can't really explain it to you. Kids just kept showing up. And then there were some other churches that showed up, and we didn't know they were coming, but they heard about it, and they just loaded up their kids and brought them. And it was an incredible, incredible night. And we always refer to it as when we get together, it's the big C church because it's everybody coming together with our ultimate goal, which is just to provide young people the opportunity to see that they're not the only young person who's trying to live for God. Um, and it was really an incredible night. I want to say thank you to our youth volunteers and our worship team people who stepped up and made it happen and gave these kids this opportunity to really put something fun together. And we really had a great time. But I'm going to tell you what, there's no better feeling than when you ask kids if they need to make a decision to get on board with Christ and change the direction of their life. And so many of them start walking to the back that you're having to pull friends who are just there to support you to go and pray with young people. And that's just an incredible, incredible thing. So 38 young people making a decision to say, hey, I want to really try to live out this life and follow Jesus. Man, there's nothing better than that. Amen? Amen. Well, listen, let's get into the word today. Um, The message today is called From Death to Running. When I run, I feel like death, Um, but that's not where we're going with this. Um, Do I have any runners in here? Like you run, yeah, Miss Sherry runs, uh-huh. Well, with a limited number of hands, we'll take um, hosting our first 5K off our list of potential events for down the road. Amen. Yep. 
but from death to running. This is a series. I'm going to give you a recap of what we had talked about with our youth because it just felt like God really kind of spoke to us about kind of taking our lives to the next level and looking at how God has really called us from death, not just to life, but beyond life and what more there is for us in this life than just being alive. I mean, I am thankful I'm alive. And some days at the end of the day, that's about all I got. Right? But God has called us to more than that. Let's look into his word. I want to start here with from death to life. Let's just get the basics. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13, it says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. You were dead, but he made you alive. In Romans chapter 6, verse 5, it says, For if we have been united with him in death, like his, we will certainly also be united with him in resurrection, like his. So let's just be really clear here. This is not just talking about your physical body. This is talking about resurrection life. You were dead in your sins, and he made you alive. And he, you have been buried with Christ and you have been risen again into new life, resurrection life. Not just any ordinary life, but praise God, an eternal life with Christ. And so you were once dead, but now you are alive. Man, that in and of itself is something to be thankful for. I was dead in my sins. This body will give out one way or the other. But thankfully, because God chose to see me in my sins and still welcome me in and make me alive, I am not separated from him. And therefore, I have resurrection life. Then once we're alive, now what? I want to do more than just be alive. From life to walking. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Remember, what is it? It's, it's God's Spirit that came into us. And so now if we are living in the Spirit, we need to get in step with the Spirit. Now, when I was talking to my youth about this, I was talking about my friend Tammy Bishop, who's not in here. But she knows I talk about her with this. Um, Tammy is barely five feet tall. But she walks faster than any human I've ever met in my life. And I have seen people over six feet tall struggle to keep up with her. I don't know how her feet go that fast. I don't know how she does it, but it's hyperspeed. And it's impossible you feel like you're running trying to keep up with her. You cannot keep in step with her, right? And so listen, it is hard at times to keep in step with somebody. Anybody in here ever win the three-legged race competition? You and your friend were so in sync that you could just do that, right? That's hard to do. It is hard to, what this word says, get in step with the Spirit. It is hard to get in step with the different way of walking than what we're used to. See, we were used to being dead people walking. And now we're resurrected people walking. And that's a different pace. It's a different style of walking. And it's hard at times to get in step with the Spirit. It is hard to get in step with that. But here's the thing. The longer I walk with you, the easier it is for me to get in step with you. 
it's easier for me to figure out how you walk and to walk alongside you. And so listen, we are called to not just be alive. We are called to get in step with his spirit and begin to walk like he walks. In 1 John 2, 6, it says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. You remember the bracelets? What would Jesus do? But here lately, when I began um, studying this series for our youth, I kind of had this mindset change of saying, instead of saying, what would Jesus do? I began to say, how would he walk here? Um, Because sometimes Jesus didn't do things. He just walked away, through, into. How would Jesus walk here? That phrase, tread lightly, you know, or walking on eggshells. Man, it's hard to figure out how to walk in certain situations in life and with certain people and the things that they're going through. Walking with people is hard. And so when we begin to get our lives in step with the Spirit, when we begin to walk in step with Him, then we can begin to walk like Him, which means that as we go into places and into situations, we can know that we are walking how He would walk. And let me tell you, I need that. I, I need to walk like he would walk in some situations. I, I, I'm quite capable of being a bull in a china shop. My natural, my natural bent is just to go in. Bow up, as they say. But sometimes that's called for. Sometimes you got to. Sometimes you got to put your shoulders back and you got to walk in. Right? But I'll, most of the time not. <laughs> Really, Jesus only did that like once. (laughs) The rest of the time, he kind of walked in peacefully, gracefully, gently into people's homes, into their lives, into their messes. And so, if I want to go beyond a life of just living to a life of walking with him and like him, I got to start getting in step with him. And I got to start walking and living how he would walk. It's a simple thing, what would Jesus do? But it's a legit thing. And how many of us probably need to pause and actually ask ourselves that simple question? You know, you ever had that moment, I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know what to do here. I can't make this better. Mm-mm, you can't. But Jesus can That's why his word says that we rejoice with those who rejoice and we mourn with those who mourn. And sometimes we just have to sit with those who sit. And it becomes easier to know what to do when we start trying and seeking to walk in step with him. But beyond walking, his word actually calls us to run. And I want to say this really quickly about running. I have a friend um, who runs all the time. She's like, she legit 4.30 every morning runs. Um, a, this little kid that knows her, um, he calls her Miss Athletic Kelly. That's his word to describe her, Miss Athletic Kelly, because she just runs, you know. You know those people. They're just, that's what they do. They don't know, they, they get up every morning at 4.30. I chaperoned a trip with her. We were up till like 2 in the morning 
she still got up and ran. I did not. I did not. But she was talking about running, and she said that running is not easy for her, that she's not a good runner. And I was like, how are you a good runner? You either run or you don't. But I began, as she began to talk about it, to realize what she was talking about. Those people who are runners, right, that run marathons and races, when you watch them run, there's just a smoothness to how they run, right? Man, they cover so much ground, and they seem to cover it so easily. And what she said is, when I run, those things, those divots and holes you see in the ground are for me plopping that down, and I'm just trudging through. But the important thing that I've realized is, is that she runs. And I want to say this really quickly. A lot of times it can be some, so easy to compare our walk with the Lord with the way other people's walks with the Lord look. And the important thing is not how your walk with the Lord looks compared to everybody else's. The importance is that you do it and that you're living it. And there will be seasons where you hit a stride and you and the Lord You just feel like, man, the wind is flowing and you are moving and making strides. And other days, it will feel like you are running against a hurricane. And every step is landing hard. And that's okay. The important thing is that you just keep running. Let's listen to what his word says here about running in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run? but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Let's break this down a little bit. It starts off by saying, run in such a way. Run in such a way. You can run not to win. Or you can run to win. There's a difference. And let me tell you something. There's things. What does that mean, run in such a way? It's not just talking about the form. How many of you know if you're going to run, it's probably best to put on some running shoes? I cannot wear high heels barely to walk. I'm definitely not going to run in them. I can't wear blue jeans and run. And if you don't run and I don't run, we probably should not try to run together. If I want to run, I need to run with someone who knows how to run. Listen to what I'm saying here. It's telling us to run in such a way as to win. Listen, if you are trying to walk out a relationship with God in your everyday life, you need to do it with some purpose and in set yourself up in a way as which to win. You cannot run this race with Jesus without his word. You need it. You cannot run this race without his people. You need them. Run in such a way. As to win. Set ourselves up to win. That's the part of the awareness of his presence that we were singing about this morning. On Wednesday, um, Jack was sharing some of his testimony with the students. 
And one of the things that he mentioned was that in going through a season where it seemed like things were happening that he didn't feel like should be happening, that he began to recognize how God was showing up in his life through a text message from a friend or someone reaching out to him that he didn't expect. And he began to see how God was showing up. It becomes easier to run when we become aware of him and when we begin to seek to get in rhythm and in step with him and we begin to run with purpose. But you cannot run a relationship with God without prayer and his word and time spent with his people. It's like the basics. If you're trying to run this race with God and live out a relationship with him and your life is devoid of his word other than what you hear on a Sunday morning, you're running in high heels. If you are only ever talking about the goodness of God or about what God is doing when you are here, then you are running in blue jeans. And if you are running and you are not praying and talking to the Lord, you are not running as to win the race. No wonder it is hard when you're running in a way that is not set forth to win. But it's such a basic truth, but it is so true nonetheless. And anybody who's run a relationship with God, who's run their race for a period of time, you can be honest and say, the seasons in which... You have isolated from the people of God. The seasons in which you have not been in his word and not spoken with him, those were some of the most difficult seasons that you've been in. Because it's hard to run if we don't have what we need to run. It's such a simple thing and yet so daggum hard. It's just so hard. They do it for a crown that does not last, but we do it for a crown that lasts forever. Ultimately and truly, here's the reality. Eternity is real. It's real. Maybe we don't spend enough time talking about it. Maybe it's just something that in Monday, everyday life, it's not something that we really think about, but the truth of the matter is eternity is real. And I have to know that I'm running for a reason. And it's not just for here. I'm running for an eternal purpose and an eternal reason. And I want other people to be with me. When we were up there on Wednesday night and 38 young people made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, all I could think is that is 38 more people whose souls will be in heaven. Man, that's why we run. It's not, listen, if it's only for what you get here, that ends. It goes away. When you die, somebody will sell the trophy. We're not doing it for what is here. We are doing this for an eternity and not just ours, but the people we come in contact with every day. There are people in our lives and in our paths, even here in the Bible Belt, who are not destined to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. How can we show them the way? How can we bring them in to the journey? Eternity is real. So I don't run like someone running aimlessly or like a boxer beating the air. Hey, there's a point. 
to all of this. I always say when I see people running, they look miserable. They just look miserable. I mean, I'm sorry, those of you who run, hi. Sorry. But your face just doesn't look happy about it, right? Now, you put pancakes at the end. I don't know. I might perk up there for that last little bit. A trophy, money, cash prize, even a T-shirt. They give those out at 5Ks. It helps motivate people, right, to have something that they're running for. Hey, listen, we're not running aimlessly. We're not just beating the air here. We're not beating the air. The Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood. We're fighting against spiritual things in heavenly places. Our walk with Christ is not, we're not fighting things happening here on earth. We're fighting things that are happening in heaven. And we are fighting and battling for what's going on in this world and in our lives. This is not pointless. That phrase, not all who wander are lost. People love to put it on stickers. No. We are not wandering. We are not wandering. There's a point and there's a purpose. We're not wandering. I'm not running aimlessly. I'm running after Jesus Christ. I'm running where he's taking me. Do I get confused? Do I get turned around? Do I feel like I've lost my way sometimes? Absolutely. But guess what? I'm still going with purpose. I am not living this life aimlessly. I'm not beating the air pointlessly. This is not without reason and without purpose. It's eternal. It's eternity. It's the point is Jesus. And so I am not running this life. This is not aimless or pointless. This is a walk and a run in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And here is part of it. It says, I strike a blow to my body so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Hey, here's the thing. You're preaching. Preaching means to proclaim. Your life's proclaiming something. I mean, it is. Your life proclaims. So you're preaching, whether you stand up and with a microphone or not. Every single person is preaching. You don't need any type of certificate or recognition recognition to preach. Your life preaches every single day. You are proclaiming. So what do we preach with our lives? When we begin to realize that our lives are a billboard for something, we might start to be a little bit more aware of what we're putting on it. We might be a little bit more aware. But how do we do it? How do we actually run? That's a conversation I had with my friend Kelly. How do you do that? How do you just run? Who wakes up and says, you know what? I'm going to run. How do you do it? Let's look at what his word says in Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. How do we run? Well, first off, we throw off what hinders us. And remember, sin is separate from this. Not everything that hinders you looks bad. Not everything is bad. But there are things that hinder. 
And if we are in a place in a season where we are trying to run a relationship with God and we are trying to run this race, we have to let go of the things that hinder us. And we have to let go of the sin that entangles us because remember what we read in Colossians, we were dead in our sins, but he raised us to new life, resurrection life. So that sin that entangles us, it, it, it doesn't have any power anymore because it's attached to a dead life and we are in a new life. So what we have to know is, is that to truly run this race with Jesus, we have to fight to let go of the things that are hindering us and holding us down and the sin that tries to entangle us. And each and every one of us have our own battles and struggles, and it doesn't look like what everybody else's does. And that is why we have to fight against it and throw it off. Whatever is hindering Whatever sin is trying to entangle us, we have to throw it off and get rid of it. It then tells us to persevere with fixed eyes. Stay focused. You can't quit. Y'all ever take your eye off a two-year-old? And they're at the top. Oh, my gosh. There's one in this room. I won't point her out. Um, But when she was little, she was fast and she was sneaky and at preschool playground in two minutes time we looked up and she was walking across the top bar above the swings you know the swings are here they're hanging down the little bar where the swings are attached to yeah she was walking across it at three how did she get I don't know how she got it I still to this day I don't know how she got up there I just know she was up there in a flash right whoo You take your eye off of a two-year-old, and the next thing you know, they're swinging in the middle of the road. They are stealing stickers and candy from the grocery store. Like, you just don't know, right? But here's the thing about our walk with Jesus. When we start taking our eyes off of it, man, we start removing and quit focusing so much, and we start taking a break from the things we got to do. It's so hard. Like I said, I don't run, but from what I hear, if you take a couple of days break, it's hard the next day to run again. It's not easy. In a short matter of time, you can find yourself way far back. I don't say that today to put condemnation on any of us. I say that today because there needs to be an urgency about our personal relationships with the Lord that cannot be built and sustained by a Sunday morning or a podcast or worship music in your car. I'm preaching to myself. A relationship with Jesus Christ, a relationship that is set to put our eyes on front of us and know the goal of eternity and run a race with Jesus. I have got to start equipping myself, letting things go that are pulling me down, and I better start fixing my eyes and persevering. I have to. And it tells us to consider him who endured such opposition. From sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Because here's the truth He ran it first, and He ran it perfectly. And if we start paying attention, He knows where all the bumps in the road are, and He knows where all of the pits of the enemy are, because He already has run a perfect race. And now He is making the way for us to run ours. And He knows. And he ran it 
so that we would not grow weary and lose heart. You know, it helps to know that somebody else already finished the race. If I know just one person has done it, it increases my belief that I can do it. And there are elders and people who've gone before us who've run their race. And we know that they finished it strong. And we are able to. Because it reminds us in that verse 1, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And in that cloud of witnesses, we see people like Noah and Joseph and Moses and Samson and David and Rahab and me and you imperfect people who are all running their race because perfection isn't needed. Your race doesn't have to look pretty and smooth and perfect. In fact, it does no one, not even you, any good to try to make it look that way. Hey, don't make it try to look perfect. Nobody's judging your relationship with the Lord off of your perfectly curated Instagram posts. Or your perfectly crafted platitudes of everything's okay and your conversations where, oh, I'm all good. Oh, no, everything's okay. Everything's good. No, listen. The disciples were real people and they made a mess of things. And Jesus just kept picking them up and telling them, upon this rock, I'll build my church. You Go out and make disciples. You imperfect men, you imperfect people, go out and build my church. And he says the same thing to you and I. Hey, listen, I ran a perfect race so that you would not have to lose heart and grow weary in doing this. But now it's time for you to go out there and run your race. So you know what? Go ahead and lay aside every weight and every sin that is entangling you. Lay it down and start running your race. Fix your eyes on me. Get focused on me. See, I I'm up here. I already ran it. I made it. You can make it too. Just keep running. Eternity's here. You'll get there when you get there. But for right now, just run your race. And hey, you know what? If you'll fix your eyes on me, if you'll prepare, if you'll go ahead and make sure you're equipped with my word and my presence and prayer and other people. And if you'll begin to run with purpose in this race, you'll begin to pick up other people along with you. And then the next thing you know, like Forrest Gump, you'll go from one person running to a whole multitude of people running with you. And they may not even know where they're going or why they're running, but they see your life because it's preaching. And is your life preaching? Is it telling people, I've gone through the worst that there is to go through, but Jesus sustained me. And so I'm going to keep running. I've had absolutely nothing. And yet still God provided What are you preaching? Preach with your life and just start running. Just start running. So our question today that I have for you and and all of us, man, nobody out here is a perfect runner. None of us. But if I were to ask you today, What's interrupting your run? Are you feeling a little aimless? Directionless? Are you feeling hindered by some weights and pressures? Is sin 
trying to entangle you? Are you struggling with perseverance in the face of all that life has thrown on you? Is your focus struggling? Is your form out of shape? Whatever it is today that is holding back your run, He is here. And He's already run it so that you do not have to grow weary and you do not have to lose heart. But when we face these things, sometimes it's so easy to lose heart. Man, when we face grief and hardship and difficulty and disappointment and personal failure and the failure of others, it is so hard not to lose heart. But his word tells us, Consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. He's brought you from death to life, from life to walking, and from walking to running. So listen, today, it can be whatever you need this moment to be. If this is a moment where you need to have a a conscious awareness, a moment of repentance, Jesus is ready. You can make a moment of repentance and complete turning around to go in the direction that Jesus has for you. And I don't care how long you've walked with the Lord and how long you have been in the presence of Jesus, all of us have moments and times where we need to repent and get ourselves back on track. So today, if we are in a place in your heart where you need some repentance, today, take a moment and return yourself around. If you need to refocus today, then go ahead and let yourself refocus. Shake the cobwebs off. Rub your eyes. See the race in front of you. And I definitely feel like for all of us, that we need a moment of revival, resuscitation, a reminder of our resurrected life. We need a reminder of what we're running for. It's not pancakes. It's not a t-shirt. And it is not a crown that will not last. But we are running for an eternal crown, for the eternity that we have spend with Jesus and we are running with purpose can we take a minute today if, if you can just to bow your heads where you are I tell our kids the reason that we bow our heads and not look around it actually doesn't have to do with anybody else it, it's not about not making other people uncomfortable the truth is is that sometimes we need to close our eyes and not look around so that we can have a conversation with ourselves so that we can have a moment with ourselves. So we have communion here today, and we are going to take communion here in just a moment. And usually we take communion, and we do that in small groups, and we encourage you to pray with a small group of people. And today, if if you would like to do that when we take communion, then feel free to. But also today, if you feel that you maybe just need to take communion on your own, do that. Don't feel pressure to do any certain thing. The word tells us that Jesus had gathered his disciples, those misfits from all around, 
And he knew what was coming. And so he gathered them together. And there in the presence of the very man who would betray him, he broke bread with them. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for you. Take and drink this in remembrance of me. This is the blood of my covenant. As often as you do this in remembrance of me. And so listen today, all of us are on different parts of our race with Jesus. All of us are on different pathways and we're running and man, wherever you are today, this moment of communion, let it be a refreshing to you. Let it be a reminder to your spirit that you were dead. And he, in your absolute filthy sin, saw fit to raise you to life. And then not only did he raise you to life, but he set you on a path to walk with him. And then he gave you purpose to run out this race. And he is always with you. His body broken, his blood spilled, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that there will never be a separation between God and you. But his presence will always be with you. Lord, today, for each and every one of us here today, I ask that you would help us. Lord, if today is a moment of repentance, God, I pray, Lord, forgive us where we have stepped astray and out of line with who you have called us to be, out of line with your word. God, I just pray that you would bring forgiveness and help us not to just ask for forgiveness, but to truly repent and turn from those things. Lord, help us to focus our eyes on you. Give us strength to persevere under the weight and pressure of life. God, give us strength. Help keep our eyes focused on you. Let us not be aimless in our going, but focus on your purpose for us. Today, Lord Jesus, we thank you from taking us from death to running and help us run with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we stand today?